Well, here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Kick and chase by Mullins. Kick and chase again by Mullins. Aguero! Welcome back to the Raising in Sports Punters pod on this Tuesday, February the 7th. Jimmy Buckley with you just three weeks and two days out from the start of the NRL season, which is rattling towards us at an even quicker pace than Xavier Savage displays when asked to get his shirt off out at Raiders HQ. To continue our preview of the forthcoming season, I'm joined by former Raiders halfback and a man who retired from the NRL as an undefeated captain... The great Sam Williams. Welcome, mate. Jimmy, thanks for the wrap again, mate. It's always nice uh, coming here with you, mate. I always need this a little pick-up on Tuesday. Uh, now, 1-0 was captain of the Raiders, mate. I, th- I believe it was the final round of the 2020 season, and the Raiders uh, went up and played Cronulla. I think Ricky might have rested a few players, mate, but you got the nod as captain, which must have been quite an honour for you. And then, even more importantly, perhaps, went up and duly saluted, and I think you might have even scored a try as well. Yeah, it was a hell of a night, to be honest, mate. I um, I was very lucky to be able to say that I captained the club and a club that I grew up with and, and supported all my junior days as well. So, you know, it was a very... I know I was in dif- different circumstances than a lot of other people probably expect, but, you know, none other. I, I loved every moment of it. And we gave the opportunity for some of the younger boys to make their debuts, and that's always a special moment as well. So it was a really nice moment for the club. And then having a win as well, we... Now, we probably weren't expected to knock the Sharks off there, but we, we did and we played really well. Did you know that was coming or, or how did it play out? Did Ricky kind of pull you in one morning and and present it to you? Yeah, I remember it pretty clearly, to be honest. It was um, the Monday morning and he just called me into his office and he said, we're going to make a few changes this week, mate. Um, you know, we're going to rest some of our stars. And, and he said, um, and you're going to captain the team. And it was, you know, I was pretty excited to be honest I, I first person I got off and rang was mum and dad and, and they were equally as excited and and then just to see the the moment where some of those young players who who never thought that they might play in the NRL they got a they got a we were sitting in there in a team meeting and and one by one Ricky read out the names and there was just disbelief across the group and from that moment onwards I knew that it was going to be a good week whatever the result happened on the Saturday night it was always going to be an enjoyable week and we we sat down early and made sure that we were going to enjoy it because some of these players probably weren't going to play a lot of NRL in their careers. So it was no good sitting around trying to get too nervous about it. So we did enjoy the week. We was quite relaxed and, and then come to the game, it all just come together. How many fans, I suppose, did you have that, that made the trip for that game for you? It was still during the COVID period, so it was it was tough going. It wasn't there wasn't many there at all, to be honest, um, which was a little bit disappointing. I know I had a lot of mates who were at the pub in Manly, and they had a multi. I know a lot. There was about oh, a dozen of them, and they had this multi. I think it was for me to score the Raiders to win one to twelve, and and something else was in there as well. And they all absolutely absolutely cleaned up because we were at quite a price to win the game. Um, and then I wasn't obviously a noted try scorer, so you get a little bit of value there too. Yeah. yeah, they were going off there in the pub in Manly. Do they give you anything as captain, as a memento? You know, like, a, I don't know, a framed jersey or something along those lines? 
Yeah, I've got a, I've got the ball, the match ball there at home from from the game. They um they put in a nice little bit of covering and yeah, it sits up on the mantelpiece really nice. So, um, I'm very grateful for the club doing it. And one and zero undefeated as skipper. Yeah, not many out there, mate. I'd <laughs> I, I'll be probably few um you know one of very few that have gone one and zero. I'm surprised I lost the captaincy probably the next start of the next <laughs> season. I probably wasn't even playing. <laughs> <laughs> a bit like our esteemed colleague Ken Rutherford in the One Test Wicket Club. Yeah, it's a, it's a hell of an honour that one too. Big Rudds, you, you can't stop him talking about it either. <laughs> in his second test, I love the story he tells when he says at that stage of his test career he had more wickets than runs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the West Indies got hold of him, didn't they? <laughs> Sensational. All right, so four teams to rip through today as we continue our preview. We're going to start with... The Gold Coast Titans, $41 chances to win the title this year. That's according to Ned. $7.50 to finish in the top four. Three bucks to finish in the top eight. And they're at $10 most losses. A couple of significant gains here. Them being Kieran Foran from Manly and Sam Verrills from the Roosters. They've lost a few players here, actually. Uh, probably the biggest names here would be Greg Marzou, the winger, has gone, out to, uh, gone down to Newcastle. They've lost a few to the UK, including Will Smith, and Kevin Proctor, and they've lost a stack to the Dolphins, including Jermaine Asako, Jared Wallace, and Herman S.A.S.A. What do you make of the Titans this year? I think they needed to make some changes, to be honest. They, you know, they've sort of had that similar sort of squad there for a couple of years, and not much has changed. They've, they've been that bottom half of the eight, and I think it's really important that they bring in someone like Kieran Foran. As people sort of who listen to some of the other podca- podcasts I do, with my younger brother Tim, um, I'm, I'm a big fan of Kieran Foran and have been for a, for a number of years. I think that the way he plays the game and how direct and how straight he plays creates so much room for his outside man. You'll you'll see the left winger for Manly over the last few years has had a field day, and I know that Tommy Turbo gets a lot of the raps there as well. But the way that Kieran Foran sets, you know, digs into the line, he plays really deep, he plays direct, he goes at speed. I'm a massive fan, and I think he'll be so good for them. He's also a very good defensive half. He's a great leader, and I think he's just the signing that the Gold Coast needed. Does he improve this side enough so that they could maybe sniff around the fringes of the top eight this season? I think it's a little bit too much of an ask for him to be able to do that at this stage of his career. What I think he will do, he'll he'll really help some of the younger halves that are at the club. I think AJ Brimson will benefit massively from him. As I mentioned earlier, Tommy Turbo, he's the sort of player who, who got a lot of raps and, and we all know how good he is. Um, we'll speak about him later on. But I think that Kieran Foran does a lot of the work for for his fullbacks at times as well. And I think Brimson's the one who, who really will have a big year on the back of it. And I think the other one is, you mentioned Verrills earlier on, he's a little bit more creative than Aaron Clark when he's playing out of nine. He's got a little bit more of that winning culture coming from the Roosters and he, he would have learned a lot at the club. Uh, Trent Robinson's one of the best coaches in the game and I think it'll allow Clark to play a bit more of a utility role, but I really do think Verrills will help get those big boys around the park. Yeah, personally, I think they'll be improved this season, the Titans. Uh, in a tough competition, though, it's fair to say. How do we approach this from a punting perspective? Yeah, it's a tough one, and, and keep in mind that we don't have all the markets um, just yet. Um, I think there'll be a lot more. Some of these markets, especially around the try scorers, we'll see a little bit more of once those first-round markets and teams are decided, but... I think whoever plays on that left wing for the Titans, and I think it's Khan Pereira, I think that's the the new player that they're talking up about coming in and playing on the left wing. I've got him as the top try scorer for the club on the back of Foran and, and Brimson out the back. I think you'll, you know, whoever it is, I think 
they're going to have a really good season out there on the left. And the young fellas are apparently meant to be the front runner for it. So I think he'll be the top try scorer. And I think the Gold Coast have missed the eight. They're only a dollar twenty-two, but I think you've got to play that. Yeah, like we discussed last week, it's it's going to be incredibly difficult for any one of those sides outside of the eight from twenty twenty-two to break in. And to be fair, there's probably a couple ahead of the Titans in that queue. I would have thought. Yeah, you're a brave man if you think you, if you think that they're going to make the eight. Um, you know, I, I, I do like the club. I think they do a really good job up there on the Gold Coast in a really hard market, but I just don't see how what they've got there on the field this year is going to be enough to get them up into that top eight. So we await eagerly the top try-scoring market for the Titans, and that left winger, potentially Khan Pereira, might be on the end of a fair few Kieran foreign passes that put him over in the corner. Moving on now to the Manly Warringah Seagulls. $21 to win the comp. With Neds, $4.50 top four, $2.50 top eight, and then $21 most losses. Uh, only a couple of players that have that have come in, uh, Kelma Tuolangi from the West Tigers and Ben Condon from the North Queensland Cowboys. They've lost four, and as we've just mentioned, they've lost uh, Jorge Tafua. They've lost Dylan Walker, Marty Tapao. He's gone up to the Broncos. So a little bit of turnover there for Manly, who finished... Last season, in abysmal form, important to note as well that Anthony Seabold comes in to take over the coaching reins. What do you make of Manly, Sam? Yeah, look, there's two Manly sides, isn't there? There's the one with Tommy Turbo in it, and there's the one without him. And at the moment, the way those hammies are going, we're not sure if he's going to be in it or not. So I've had a bit of a look at them from when he is there and when he's not there. You mentioned mentioned Anthony Seabold. I think early on, I think the changing coaches will do them really well. That first month of football, they're, they're, every single player there is going to want to try and impress the new coach. Some of, gonna, some of them are going to be playing for a position. Some of them are older statesmen within the side, and they obviously want to lead from the front and show the new coach that they can do it still. So I think it's going to be a very interesting one. They've got a really good young Polynesian back row with a lot of ability. And they're a handful, and they're another year experience. I think they've... You know, I think they showed a lot last year to be able to say that this year they can really come out of their shell and be you know, in the top echelon of back rowers. My biggest concern is that, like I said earlier with Kieran Foran, he's out and Josh Schuster's coming into the six. Now, there's so much pressure on him to do a good job. We know what Daly Cherry Evans will do. He's an extremely good player. He'll get them round. His kicking game is probably the best in the game, to be honest, because he does so much of it. So Josh Schuster has to come in there and create points. And I think he's a ball runner at first. He has those no-lookers, and we all know he has a lot of skill, but it's a difference between showing that skill every now and then as an edge-back rower and relying on it every single game as a as a half. So that's a big that's a big concern for me at the moment. I think that Kieran for and out, Schuster in is a big loss and a big turnover. So I have a few queries about them this year. My initial thoughts here, I thought $2.50 for them to make the top eight. So that presumably means they're, what, about $1.50 to miss the top eight, which I thought was a very, very good price. I mean, I, I can't see this Manly side doing a great deal this year based on what we saw back end of last season. And, and like you say, with that injury cloud over Tommy Turbo, how do you play the Seagulls from a punting perspective this year? Oh, I, th- I think you've nailed it there, Jimmy. To be honest, $2.50, even if Tommy Turbo gets himself fit and firing, that's a... Very, very short quote for a side that couldn't didn't look like winning game of football at the back end of the season. So I wouldn't be going anywhere near it. You mentioned the dollar fifty. I think the dollar fifty for them to miss the eight is where you play it. Um if Turbo's not there, I think it becomes an even better bet. But if Turbo's not there, that probably comes into a dollar twenty, to be honest. 
Uh, the other player I don't mind is uh, Ruben Garrick is the top try scorer for the season. Now, he's either going to play on the left wing or, or left centre maybe at some point if need be, but left wing probably if Turbo is playing. That means he's going to be on the end of all them unbelievable plays that the Turbo can produce. Or he'll be playing fullback, I'd say. So either way, I think he's going to be around the ball and, and on the end of some tries. And to be honest, I think he's probably the, the clear one for me as the top try scorer. So Manly to miss the eight, paying about a dollar fifty, depending on where you shop, and then Ruben Garrick to be the top try scorer for the Seagulls, playing predominantly on that left wing, and hopefully for him and for Manly fans outside of Tommy Turbo, the Melbourne Storm, seven dollar chances to win the flag this year, to win the premiership this year. They're paying a dollar eighty to finish top four. They're paying dollar seventeen to finish in the top eight, and one hundred and one dollars for most. Losses. They've brought in a few players. Tarek Sims is the biggest name there. He's come over from the Dragons. But they've lost a few as well. Felice Kafusi, Jesse Bromwich, and Kenny Bromwich are all up at the Dolphins now. Brandon Smith goes up to the Roosters. Uh, a bit of turnover there, Sammy. And I guess one of the sides coming into the year where maybe we have a little bit of a question mark over exactly where they are going to slot into this NRL in 2023. Uh, what do you make of them? Oh, I'll tell you what, are we brave enough to write the Melbourne Storm off every single year, you know, since we since that big four, the era of Slater and Cronk, um, yeah. Inglis and Cameron Smith. Every single year we sit here and we go, we write them off this year. This year, I think, is the biggest test for, what, uh, for Craig Bellamy and the Storm culture. I'll tell you what, they, they've lost half their, their starting pack. No, they're going to have to come in and do an unbelievable job to try and replace some of those players. As you mentioned, the Bromwich brothers, Kafusi, the Cheese, he brought all that energy to a, to a middle that sometimes was a little bit slower and ageing, I guess. But to me, I just think that they've lost so many players. I, uh, you know, Unless Munster and Hughes can really, really fire, I think that they could battle a little bit in terms of where they sit their standards they go into the season thinking that they're either first or they're not even in the competition. So their standards are lofty. But I really do worry about how they can cover that. Now, there's one player that I'm a massive fan of who goes down there, and that's Tarek Sims. I think Tarek's one of the more intimidating back rowers. You don't see a lot of them these days, to be honest. You don't see that real player that when the eyes glaze over, like a Gordy Tallis or someone like that, the eyes glaze over and you think, oh, I don't want to be on the end of that. Tarek still has that. He has that intimidation factor, and that's what I love about him. He'll go down there and he'll work with the Storm system that creates so many good middle forwards and edge forwards from a spine, as I mentioned, Hughes, and um, you've got Harry Grant at nine, you've got Munster at six. So I think he'll benefit massively, and I think he'd be really good for them. But I really do worry about them over a long period of the season. Yeah, he could be in for a big year, Tarek Sims. I agree. I reckon he's a terrific player. Now, one player I'm keen to, to ask you about, Ryan Pappenhausen, uh, who we haven't mentioned just yet. Gee whiz, he's coming off a fair injury, isn't he? Yeah, he is, mate. And this is a little bit of, about where my thinking is at the moment. I'd, it's a hell of an injury. You shattered your kneecap back, oh. <laughs> Like, you're not... You're not going on your big hikes with a shattered kneecap, are you, mate? <laughs> no chance, Neil. Those Brindies would have to wait for another year. But, you know, you're coming back from a shattered kneecap. I don't see him, even if he does get back, it's got to take him a little bit of time to find his best, surely. So I'm a, I'm a little bit worried. It puts a lot on, on Nick Meany's shoulders, and I thought he improved a lot as a player last year, so he's going to have to hit the ground running. But 
I really do worry about them without Pappy there. And let's not forget too that poor old Pappenhausen copped a few head knocks last year also. So he is uh, he is in for an interesting 2023. Uh, I think it was an incident with Jack Whiten. I think they might have collided with each other and poor old Ryan Pappenhausen came out on the wrong end of that. A shattered kneecap. Yeah, there's not many blokes who come out of the right end after <laughs> colliding with Jacko. I'm, I'm glad it was his knee, not mine. Yeah, no, 87% granite, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> old Jay Whiten. So, yeah, interesting then. So the Storm, how do we approach this from a punting perspective? I think they still make the eight. And we've mentioned a number of times that the top eight probably... There's not a lot of sides there that are going to drop out. I just see some of the other sides that were outside of the top four, the Roosters and the Rabbitohs namely, improving and getting better, whereas I think Melbourne are probably on the other way. Um, one one person I haven't mentioned is Harry Grant. I am a massive fan of Harry Grant. So, you know, I know that I know the quality is there, but I just don't see how they can consistently beat the top sides throughout the season. So I've got them finishing between the uh, four and eight. Um, I think that they're going to be consistent and they'll be thereabouts, but not quite at the top of it. So you get a dollar ninety-one for them to miss the top four. So I'm going with that, and that a lot of that depends on Pappy. And if he comes back round one, well, it changes everything, doesn't it? But I've got that, and I think Xavier Coach is going to he'll he'll lead the way for the try scoring as well. He's an unbelievable young player, and I think he'll be better for another twelve months in the Melbourne system. Yeah, that that's a pretty good price. Dollar ninety-one for the Storm to miss the four. I think you've made a pretty strong case there. Now, the final team we're looking at today on the podcast, the New Zealand Warriors, $51 to win the comp, $13 to finish top four, $4.50 just to make the top eight, and $6.50 for the most losses. They're underneath a new coach now, too, in Andrew Webster, who's come from Penrith, and uh, there's been a lot of player turnover here. Now, a couple of gains, I'll just read these out quickly. Luke Metcalf comes in from Cronulla. Dylan Walker from the Seagulls. Mitch Barnett from the Knights. Charns Nickel Clookstar from the Raiders to Mary Martin from the Broncos. And they've lost Cody Nicarima, Matt Lodge, Jesse Arthurs, Ewan Aitken, Reese Walsh, Jack Murchie. Ash Taylor's retired. And there's a few other names in there as well who will not be suiting up in a Warriors kit this season. A lot of turnover, Sammy, which they probably needed. The hardest question to answer every year, where are the Warriors at? <laughs> yes, it's a, uh, they're always an interesting proposition, aren't they? But I think they have signed some really good players. I think they've done a really good job on on the open market this year. Dylan Walker, I think, from Manly, is a, he's a very underrated player. I think in that Manly side, he probably sat just behind some of the bigger names in Cherry Evans and Foran and, and Turbo, obviously, and I think he does does a wonderful job for the team in terms of covering a number of positions. He he also covers a really good ball-playing option in the middle there. He can link with his halves, he can link with his edges, and he also knows when to run the ball forward. So I think he's a really good player. Mitch Barnett, he'll bring a heap of mongrel. That's just what they need, I think. Someone to really light the fuse. I mentioned Tarek earlier. I I love the way Barnett plays. He's aggressive. He wears his heart on the sleeve. He's everything I think the Warriors probably need. And then... The old Raiders fullback, Charles Nickel Klostad. I think he's a brilliant player. I think he's got a point to prove. I think over the last sort of 12 months or so at the Raiders, we saw the emergence of Xavier Savage and Chance probably played the vast majority of the back end of that season in reserve grade. I really think he's got a point to prove. And we've got to remember it was only a couple of years ago that he was the fullback in the grand final as well. So he's a better player. I don't think he's much... 
You know, he's, he's only a couple of years older, so it's not like his legs are gone. I think he's back home. He's going to be happy. He's got his family back there. I think he's in for a really big year, Chance, and, and I really hope it all goes well for him over there. Jeez, he's a lovely bloke, Chance. He's <laughs> one of the nicest fellas I think you could ever meet. Yeah, he's top-notch, Chance. He, he's always got time for everyone and just a wonderful human being. Mitch Barnett, did you play much footy with him? I did play a little bit with Barney uh, when he first came into grade. I lived with him, actually, for a little <laughs> bit here in Canberra when he was in the 20s. And another one of those players that he's a really good fella off the field. He's uh, he's a very polite and humble young man, but he's a hell of a competitor and someone you don't really want to come up against. Good signing. Uh, they've done well. I agree with that. As far as the Warriors go from a punting perspective in 2023, have you found anything you like? Yeah, well, one of those is a little bit short, but we're only going off a market that we can go that we can see and that's missing the top eight at a dollar fifteen. I don't think they improve enough to get into the top eight. But if they can improve and jump a couple of spots, I think it's going to be really big for the club as a whole, getting back home and playing at home and, and just getting that Warriors spirit going again. I think they've missed it a little bit over the last couple of years, especially playing out here in Australia at Redcliffe. So I think they missed the eight at a dollar fifteen. Cozzy, I think is the top try scorer. I can't get a market about that just yet, but I think he'll benefit with the way that Chance plays. He's obviously a an experienced fullback, and yeah, throw Tamari Martin in there as well. He's a creative six, so I think he could benefit pretty well. It's almost a clean slate here for the Warriors and for Andrew Webster, the new coach. So looking forward to seeing what they can actually produce in 2023. Now running through those from the top, the Titans, Sammy likes Khan Pereira, the left winger, most likely the left winger the young fella to be the top try scorer for the club this season. Manly to miss the eight are paying about $1.50 and Ruben Garrick to be top try scorer. The Storm to miss the four, you're getting about $1.90, one about that, and Xavier Coates to be the top try scorer. And then the Warriors to miss the eight paying $1.15, Edward Cossey the top try scorer. We'll uh, get you back in again roughly this time next week. We'll have four more NRL clubs to preview. We'll hear from you a little bit later on in this week too with a couple of multis for the punters. Until then, happy punting.